fiery horse with the speed of light, a cloud of dust, and a hearty high silver, the Lone Ranger. Faithful Indian companion Toto, the daring and resourceful masked rider of the plains, led the fight for law and order in the early western United States. Nowhere in the pages of history can one find a greater champion of justice. Return with us now to those thrilling days of yesteryear. From out of the past come the thundering hoofbeats of the great horse Silver. The Lone Ranger rides again. Come on, Silver. Let's go, big fellow. I Silver. Hi! The Lone Ranger and Tonto were pitted against a well-organized gang of thieves that concentrated on the railroad, making off with valuables totaling nearly a quarter of a million dollars. Tom Greeley, a railroad detective, posed as a crook named Sparks and joined the gang in the hope of learning where the stolen loot was hidden. He learned of plans to steal negotiable securities from a vault on the eastbound train. He passed this information to the Lone Ranger, who beat the crooks to the baggage car and emptied the safe. In place of the valuables, he left a silver bullet. It was late at night when the Lone Ranger rode out of the valley in response to a signal light that had been flashing intermittently in the window of a hillside cabin. When he reined up, he saw a strange horse near the shack and Tonto standing in the doorway. Railroad man, come here. Him ask for you. Uh, Mr. Gallagher? That's right. Easy, steady, big fellow. Well, glad to see you, Gallagher. Does anyone else know about this hat, Dad? You're the only one, as far as I know, but we're taking no chances. Tonto stays here in case you come with news. I camp in the valley. Duke Warbler does happen to find our hiding place. He'll get only one of us. That's very wise. Have you had word from your detective? Really? Yes. No, he rode away from Burkeville with Duke Warbler. I, I haven't heard from him since. Anything new on Warbler or his men? Nothing. Uh, A warrant has been issued. They're wanted for the murder of young Jimmy Dorset. Yeah, they probably know it. 
That's why they're staying out of sight. Two warbler gang get shot and fight at Burkeville. What about those two, Gallagher? The engineer shot two men, but he shot too well. Neither lived long enough to give us any information. I came here tonight in the hope that you might have learned something. I'm, I'm worried about Greeley. He took his life in his hands when he posed as a crook to join Wobbler's gang. That was about the only way he could learn to hope for those crooks of hidden their loot. Yes, but the knowledge will do no good unless he can pass it on to us. Too bad Greeley couldn't have taken that light with him to the crook's hideout. He could have signaled in Morse code, just as he did on the railroad train. Yes, that's true. You better put the lamp out, Tonto. No use wasting oil. Ah, let me put it out. That light is too bulky. That's the only trouble with it. The oil lamp, the shutter arrangement, and the batteries to operate the shutter all the The control switch is small enough. It looks just like a gold finger ring. A moment ago, you mentioned the Morse code, the telegraph code. That reminds me of my reason for coming here tonight. Oh? What's that, Gallagher? We've been wondering how Warbler's gang knew when valuable cargo was being shipped on our trains. I think I have the answer. Oh, I think one of the railroad telegraph operators is working with Wobbler. Oh? Stations all along the line are warned to be on guard when an important shipment is going through. Now, if one of our operators were in Wobbler's pay... Any operator who would do it. I wonder if he is. Huh? Gallagher, I have an idea. You have? Duke Wobbler knows that someone beat him to the loot in that last job. Someone who left a silver bullet. Yes, and he'll be out to get you. Gallagher, I'm going to let him find me. What? No, no, you not do that, Kimasabi. Him kill. Now listen. During the gunfight in Burkeville, Duke Warbler saw Tonto come in and fight on my side. What about it? It was quite dark. He couldn't see Tonto very closely. But he could see that my friend was an Indian. Yes? I'll pose as that Indian and go to jail. Uh, what? What do you mean? To jail, I... I'll need a little time to get things ready. Got to fix that flashing light inside a heavy chest, equipped with a good lock. I'll go into Truckville with you, Gallagher. I think we can find everything I need in one of your shops. I'll get back here before morning. Then what? I'll drift into town at noon. You'll identify me as the Indian accomplice of the man who robbed the eastbound and left a silver bullet in the safe. But I wasn't at the scene of the robbery. I can't identify you. Sheriff Belding will act on anything you say. I don't see how you can hope to accomplish anything if you're in jail. I'm counting on some of Warbler's men to break me out of jail and take me to their hideout. So that's your plan? Yes, part of it. How will Warbler's men know what has happened? You're sure that they're intercepting messages that are sent along the telegraph line, aren't you? Oh, I see. You want me to put the news of your arrest on the wire. Do that and... We'll see what happens. The Lone Ranger outlined his plan in a little more detail, then rode with Gallagher to the nearby railroad town of Truckville. In the dead of night, the official helped the masked man find the articles he needed, as well as a few simple tools in one of the railroad shops. It was nearly morning when the Lone Ranger returned to Tonto in the cabin. Now, Tonto, we'll fix the flashlight signal inside this chest here. Ah. And we got buckskin ready for you. I'll change your clothing after this chest is prepared. The bullseye lantern was fastened securely inside the chest, close to holes which had been drilled to let the light shine through. 
The shutter in front of the lantern, which opened and closed electrically, was connected to batteries, which the masked man placed next to the lantern. The switch that operated the shutter was cunningly fashioned to be worn on a man's finger. It had all the appearance of a fine gold ring. Now, put those other things in the chest, Otto. No. They'll be handy when I need them. I'll put in some matches to light the lantern. Uh, That's it. uh, You take plenty of risk, Kimasabi. Me not to like plan. Wait till you've heard the rest of it. Now we can close the lid. This lock is like one on a safe. A combination rather than a key. Now, Taro, we'll see how well I can disguise myself as an Indian... It was noon when the Lone Ranger, wearing buckskins and otherwise disguised like an Indian, rode into Truckville and reined up near the general store. Aye, aye. As he dismounted, Gallagher and the sheriff stepped forward. Where's the man, sheriff? Don't make any fast moves, Redskin. Gallagher's taking me into his confidence. I see. Sheriff Building will cooperate in your plan. Good enough. Have to put on an act in case someone is looking. Not packing any guns, eh, Redskin? Oh, me not got guns. Stand still till I finish searching you. Oh, what do we got here? What's that, Sheriff? Bullet. Great day in the morning. Look at this, Mr. Gallagher. It's a silver bullet, just like the one that was left in that safe. That identifies him with the man who committed the Burkeville robbery. All right, lock him up. Gallagher hurried to the Truckville Railroad Station, sat down at a table and wrote a dispatch, which he handed to the telegraph operator. The message flashed along the telegraph wires. Duke Warbler's gang had taken refuge in an ordinary-looking farmhouse near the line of telegraph poles. At that point, a splice had been made in the wires. A line ran down the post, then underground into the house, where a man named Brassy sat before a ticker in a small room. Hey, Duke will be interested in this one. Brassy wrote rapidly as he listened to the metallic click. Then he shut off the instrument. Hey, boss. Hey, what is it, Brassy? You pick up something? I think I did. Warbler, it seems to me you're taking a big chance when you tap onto the telegraph line. <laughs> no chance at all, Sparks. If one of the linemen comes along, sees that splice, he'll follow the wire right into this house. Someone's on guard all the time. Any lineman gets nosy, he'll wish he hadn't. And anyway, Sparks, I don't like it when the newest member of my outfit tries to tell me how to run things. All right, all right, Warbler. Don't get sore. Hey, Brassy, what's that message? Yeah, yeah. Just as I got it off the wire. Sheriff Building in Truckville is arrested an Indian. What's this? Silver bullet. What about a silver bullet? The boys, get this. They picked up an Indian who was identified as the one who helped the man I want. The man that pulled that Burkeville job right under our noses? Yeah. Hey, I remember seeing an Indian on that job. He rode up with his guns barking. He brought the extra horse that his pal used for the escape. Yeah, if it hadn't been for the interference of that Indian and the engineer on the train, we'd have nailed that silver bullet thief. Now, listen to this. Sheriff Belding found a silver bullet in the Indian's pocket. Like the one that was found in the empty safe? Yeah. The man who left that bullet in the safe got away with a pile of money. That Indian's his partner. You'll know where to find the man we want. Oh, I doubt that, Warbler. You doubt it? Well, I... Shut up! I want that Indian brought here. We'll make him talk. Good idea. Megan. Yeah? You're not known in Truckville. No. Take Jake and Lefty with you. And go there tonight. 
Get that redskin out of jail and bring him here. The people in Truckville went to bed early. The town was quiet when three men dismounted in a nearby gully, left their horses, and moved on foot toward the small jail. It was a hot night, and the guard had placed his chair outside. He sat with it tilted back against the wall beside the door. There's the guard. Jake, you and Macon take care of him. Don't let him make an outcry. He won't. Come on, Macon. Right. We'll stop that tuna here. Don't make a move. Just keep your hands where they are, guard. While we see if you've got a key to that there jail. Now, listen, boys. Search him, Jake. We're friends of that redskin inside. We're taking him out. You keep quiet and you won't be hurt. Here's a key. Right, give it to me. I'll go get the Indian. You can tell the sheriff that the critter who robbed the train at Burkeville came here to get his Indian pal. Yeah. Sure thing, gents. Sure thing. I'll tell the sheriff. You got him, Lefty? Yeah. Who are you? Why you come here? You're traveling with us. Got an extra horse over in the gully. Me not want go. See here, I thought you. Oh, shut up! I got to tie and gag that guy. Right. I'll start out with the redskin. You can catch us. Go on, Indian, on your way. Where you take me, huh? Step faster. We're going for a ride. It'll be a roundabout ride. And it'll last a long time because we got to be sure we're not being followed. Me not go. Oh, I'm dead, wretcher. Go on whether you want to or not. And here's the horses. Mount up there. But me, Go me. On, get aboard that horse if you don't want a gun barrel fitted on the back of your head. Oh, here you go. See? You're going to meet someone, Injun. You're going to meet Duke Warbler. Get up there. I'll see you. The curtain falls on the first act of our Lone Ranger story. Before the next exciting scenes, please permit us to pause for just a few moments. To continue our story, the Lone Ranger was disguised as an Indian when members of Duke Warbler's gang took him out of the jail in Truckville. They took no chances. Anticipating that they might be followed, they circled wide after leaving town and went to a small cave. There, they tied their prisoners' hands and waited through the remaining hours of darkness. Daybreak came, then sunrise. Finally, the Lone Ranger spoke. 
You say me see boss again. You'll see him soon enough, Redskin. Him come here? Ah, we're taking you to him. He wants to talk to you. He'll ask some questions, and you better have the right answers. He aims to know some things about your pal. Me not know who you mean. Ah, oh, yes, you do. You helped him escape from that baggage car in Burkeville the other night. That's not true. You tell that to Duke Warbler and see what he says. Where Duke Warbler? When me see him, huh? That's what I'd like to know, Lefty. I'm getting downright hungry. Now, how long do you figure on staying here? We'll wait until noon. If no one shows up by that time, we can be pretty sure we haven't been followed. Then it'll be safe to go to the hideout. It was well after sunset when Brassy looked up from the window near the telegraph set and saw four horsemen approaching the farmhouse. It's about time they got here. Hey, Duke, look out the window. Lefty and the boys are coming back with that redskin. Oh, yeah. Take a look. Hey, you see him? Uh, it took them long enough to get here. Well, they had to be sure they weren't followed. Is that the Indian the rode in shooting the other night at Brookville? You wouldn't know, Brassy. It was too dark to see much of It must be the same one. Open the door and let him in. Right. Tom Greeley, who had joined the gang by posing as an escaped convict named Sparks, was at first relieved when he saw that the Indian was not Tonto, but he was slightly bewildered. There was something familiar about the captive's chin and the firmness of his mouth. The prisoner turned, looked squarely into the eyes of the detective, and winked significantly. Greeley's heart gave a sudden leap. He fought to keep his surprise from showing in his face when he realized that here in Duke Warbler's hideout, disguised as an Indian, stood the man those killers had sworn to get, the Lone Ranger. Here he is, Duke. Now listen, Redskin. Your pal took some things that were in a safe on the eastbound train. We want that stuff, and we want him. Him go away. Why, you... That's for lying to me. Me not lie. Where is he? Him not near hideout. Him go away. Leave loot. Say he left the loot? Where is it? Oh, me not tell. I'll grab his finger and put a little pressure on it. <laughs> I told you, Redskin, you better answer Duke's question. Me talk. Me talk. Where's the hideout? A uh, cabin on hillside. Loot in wooden box with special lock. Special lock? What do you mean by that? Lock like on safe. No key to lock. Oh, he means a combination lock. Box. Plenty special. Anyone bust them lock, get hurt. Plenty. How's that? Railroad torpedo. Also powder in box. Box blow up. That's mighty smart. Open box only. By numbers on lock. Mm. You know how to open it? Oh, uh, me know. How big is that wooden box? Can it be carried on horseback? Oh. Uh. You're going to tell us exactly how to reach that place, you savvy? Oh, me savvy. How long will it take there to get there and back? Two hours each way. Ain't good. You boys get your food and then start out. Right. You should be back here by midnight. There. Now your hands are free, Redskin. There's a pencil and paper on that table. Now get busy. Tonto, Sheriff Belding, and the guard who had been left tied at the jail the night before, and several other men, including Gallagher himself, waited in the darkness of the valley. They had taken turns watching the hillside shack, and their vigil had been a long one. It was nearly ten o'clock at night, and everyone felt a touch of discouragement. Ah, doggone. When those critters came to the jail last night and took the prisoner, I thought sure the plan was going to work. So die, Sheriff. 
That's why I was willing to take the risk of being wrapped on a head or something. <laughs> what about the masked man? He's the one who was taking the risk. Yeah, you're right, Mr. Gallagher. If the Warbler's gang don't fall for his scheme, he'll be a gone goose. Maybe they've seen through his disguise. You wait. <coughs> what do you see, Tonto? Look up on hill. Three feller on horseback. Uh, it's pretty dark. It's hard to see. I can see them. They're raining up at the door of the shack. Let's close in on them right now. Take it easy, Whitey Gidget. Close in on them nothing. We follow them. We just keep those critters in sight, and if they go to a hideout, we wait and watch. We don't make a single doggone move until we get the right signal. Lefty and the two who rode with him found the wooden box, and remembering what they had been told about the blasting powder and the railroad torpedo, they handled it with the utmost caution. They rode slowly on the return trip. And it was after midnight when they reached Duke Warbler's farmhouse. We got it, Duke. Bring it in. Here's your box. This is a warning, it, Redskin. Oh, that box. You put them here on the table. Lefty, you take care of the horses. Right, Duke. I'll take them right back. Uh, Redskin, let's see you open that box. Oh, Untie hand, me open. You maybe better stand him back, huh? Uh, I'll cut the rope free his hands. I've got a knife right here. All right, Sparks. You sure you can open that box without setting off a bast blasting powder? Oh, uh, me sure. There, your hands are free. I'll go to work. You stand here, old top of box. All right. Pull up while me turn numbers. I'm getting back to the other side of the room. Yeah, me too. Stand ready in case that Indian tries any tricks. Sure. Lift them up on lid. Me work them locked. Tension gripped the room while the Lone Ranger, disguised as an Indian, turned the dial of the combination lock. Tom Greeley stood close at his side. The box rested on a table, and a small hole that had gone unnoticed faced the nearby window. Now... Lift them. Like this? As the detective lifted the lid, the Lone Ranger glanced at the men who stood together near the opposite wall. He reached inside and grasped a cylindrical object. He raised it overhead. Now I'll take over. Stand where you are. I'll blow you to eternity. Hey, what's this? He's no Indian. What's he got? This is a bomb. If I drop it or throw it, the railroad torpedo will set off a blast. As he spoke, the Lone Ranger's other hand was busy inside the box. With deft, quick movements, he struck a match and lighted the lantern. Then he slipped a ring on his finger. What sort of a switch is this, anyway? You wanted me, didn't you, Duke? You're no Indian. That's right. What about it, Tom? Just the right place? You bet it is. The loot's concealed in the back room. You, Sparks, you're siding with that critter. You bet I am. Why, you double cross? Hold it, Macon. I've got a gun to back his play. Pretty smart. Who are you, Sparks? What's your real name? It's Greeley, Warbler. Tom Greeley. And I'm working for the railroad. Right. Are they all here, Tom? All except Lefty. He went out with the horses. Here he is. Hey, what goes Get over on? there, Lefty. Over to the rest of the gang. This is the showdown. For a moment, Lefty stood bewildered. Better do as he says, Lefty. That Indian is a phony. He's holding a bomb ready to throw. Lefty stood riveted by the door, his eyes staring. Meanwhile, the Lone Ranger thumbed the switch on the ring inside the box. Unseen by those within the room, the flashing light beamed out dots and dashes across the open country. In Morse code, the Lone Ranger said, Close in. And as he signaled, he hoped and prayed that Tonto and the lawman were near enough to see and act. Now that's a bomb, huh? If I drop it, you'll all be blown to kingdom come. I do as you're told. 
Get over there with your friends. Like fun, I will. Blakely threw caution to the winds and caught the Lone Ranger by surprise when he leaped at the upheld cylinder. Tom Greeley snapped a shot. The bullet struck Lefty in the shoulder and sent him spinning. He fell to the floor, wounded, but still grasping the bomb. What's that out of, boys? Take him! Now we'll get him! There's a teacher! It's a showdown, Tom! I'm with you. All right, There was no chance for gunplay as the outlaws swarmed on Tom Greeley and the Lone Ranger. It was hand-to-hand fighting with no holes barred. The Lone Ranger fought valiantly against heavy odds. His fists swung like sledgehammers, but each time a man went down, there was another to take his place. Keep it up, Tom. Hold on as long as you can. I know. I am his working force. I hope. Blow after telling blow landed on all parts of the Lone Ranger's body. His breath came in burning gasps. He knew that his strength was running out, that his time was measured in seconds. Then he saw Tom go down. Can we get that one down the other? In the fury of the battle, no one heard the approach of horses that were reined up outside. The Lone Ranger felt his knees grow weak. He could hardly stand. He was falling, falling, and as he went down, the door burst open, and Tonto led the reinforcements with a war cry. Hang on, boys! The war for the gang! Boys, boys! For you, throw down your guns or die! The Lone Ranger regained consciousness in the hillside shack. He opened his eyes and looked around, then realized that he and Tonto were alone. You all right now, Kimisabi? Tonto. All the Warbler gang in jail. What about the loot, Tonto? Was it all found? Ah, uh, all found. Tom. Tom Greeley. I remember he went down. Oh, him all right. Uh, him knocked out, that all. Then we did it. We did it, huh, Tonto? Um, that's right. <laughs> I wondered if you and the others would see the flashing light. Ah, uh, we see it. I didn't want you to close in until we were sure we'd get the whole gang as well as the loot. Flashing light. Plenty good idea. Well, I'll sit up. I'm all right, Tonto. A little while, I'll be as good as new. Ah. Uh. That flashlight, Tonto, that was a smart idea Greeley had. Ah. Uh, only trouble, light and battery so big. So heavy. There'll be some wonderful signaling devices in the future, Tonto. Right now, there's a man in the east who's working on a light that will burn by electricity. It won't need any oil. It can be lighted by simply pressing a switch. Oh, that's plenty good. And who that fella? He's a young inventor who did so much to develop the telegraph. His name is Tom Edison. I wonder what the future will hold. I wonder if the day will come when the light and the batteries can be made so small and so efficient that the whole thing can be worn on a finger ring. (laughs) That's asking a lot, isn't it, Tonto? I wonder if it's asking too much of science and invention.
This is a feature of The Lone Ranger Incorporated, created and produced by George W. Trendle and directed by Charles D. Livingston. Tonight's story was written by Fran Stryker. The part of The Lone Ranger is played by Brace Beamer. <laughs>